Uh, friends, let me first make a case for reading your Bible. Um, in terms of growing in the Christian faith, there's many means of grace which God has given to us, including uh, attending services, uh, going to Sunday services, being with God's people, singing um, uh, together with songs, hymns and spiritual songs, uh, enjoying the ordinances, particularly the, the regular ordinance of the Lord's table. So as you take the Lord's table, as you remember the gospel message, as that message is reapplied onto your heart, these are, these are means of grace which God uses to build us up in this most holy faith. One of the means of grace is reading God's word. And can I encourage you? I don't think that there is any way of knowing more of God, knowing more, uh, not just of God, but actually knowing God himself, than by exposure to God's word. Now, certainly you can be exposed to God's word by sitting under the preaching of God's word on a Sunday service. Um, you can be exposed to God's word by hearing the reading on a Sunday um, or by attending a Bible study where somebody else is teaching you. But your personal acquisition of God's word, imprinting it on your heart, bearing it down deep, is a wonderful mechanism for growing in grace. Um, there are things which God can teach you directly from his word by the inspiration of his spirit um, and by the illumination of his spirit. Because obviously God's word is inspired by the Holy Spirit, but God's spirit is who is in you if you are a believer illuminates his word to you and applies it into your heart and into your life there are ways of growing in grace which may have been uh, uh, kind of hidden from you if you haven't been reading God's word in the past but I would encourage you to read God's word now how to access God's word there's many ways to do that you you could do it by by picking up a devotional a good devotional um, whether that's uh, in the past I've read devotionals by John Piper by uh, John MacArthur I've read devotionals by Charles Spurgeon um, all of these are excellent mechanisms where often a verse or maybe two verses are read um, are, are kind of given and then there's a bit of a devotional explanation and application of what those verses mean to you that is a good way of accessing God's word on a daily basis I remember when I was a kid <laughs> I don't even know if these exist anymore uh, you can tell me <laughs> if you're listening in um, as a kid we used to have um, like a box it was a little red or blue box it had had some gold kind of writing on the top of the box um, often um, it had an, a number of little cardboard cards there were different colored cards uh, inside of the box and they were uh, I think primarily uh, promises and other scriptures um, often they would be uh, kept in the in the bathroom near the toilet um, uh, as I remember uh, back in those days um, a, a great mechanism for accessing God's word so maybe a card a day uh, a memory verse a day something like that however let me encourage you to read God's word through in 2023 read God's word through in 2023 what do I mean by that well God's word was written to be read um, with the exception maybe of the book of Proverbs uh, from chapter 11 onwards where there are a series of individual axiomatic phrases the rest of God's word was read was written to be read read in chapters or read in entire books what do I mean by that well for instance uh, if you go from Proverbs verse by verse uh, and you move toward the Psalms the Psalms are given to us um, chapter by chapter Psalm by 
psalm, song by song. Um, and really, that's the way they're to be read. If you're only ever accessing the psalms verse by verse, you miss out on the way that the song was given in its entirety, the context that those various different verses that you're reading from the psalms were given. What do I mean by that? Well, just think of the kind of songs that you've enjoyed through your life, whether you are born in the 70s and enjoyed artists like U2 and UB40 or whoever else, um, or you were born in the 2000s and enjoyed artists now. Now I draw a blank because I don't know any artists <laughs> from the 2000s. Um, I can give you some old artists like the Beatles and the <laughs> and the Bee Gees. But Wussy is like scowling his face and shaking his head going, no, come on, man, you, you're not old enough to have enjoyed those guys. I, I have records. I have a record player in my office at church and it's a 1950s record player so it's a it's a it's a really old valve record player and the songs that I, and I've got a number of records I, I have I have new pressings of records but even the new pressings of records I have are of old artists so the Beatles and the Doors <laughs> and uh, um, Louis Armstrong and I have a ton of Elvis like maybe too much Elvis <laughs> so that's the kind of music that I enjoy listening when I'm uh, when I'm in my office uh, uh, doing administration or, or whatever it might be um, but but just think of the songs that you've enjoyed through your lifetime you don't just sing one kind of repeated refrain of a song over and over again though if you enjoy a song you you learn the melody and you learn the lyrics and you ponder um the 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 song in its entirety um the reality is that uh, that's the way that we access music today that's the way that the psalms were written they were written to be read and read in their context so an entire psalm at a time in actual fact, some psalms come as a unit. I think of the psalms of ascent. Uh, they were really written to be pondered on by pilgrims as they moved towards the holy city of Jerusalem from far off and distant lands. And they would have been sung um, as a unit as they headed up to Jerusalem in order to conduct a holy pilgrimage. Well, really, if you want to gain something amazing out of the psalms or out of the psalms of ascent you will read them as a unit and ponder them and meditate on them in your heart as a unit not only that if you think of the books of the bible the books of the bible were written as units so if you want to understand what is going on in galatians best you do more than just read galatians chapter 5 the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness um well oh, and self-control i'm fairly certain i left out a fruit there <laughs> but my point is this as good as it is to memorize verses in Galatians of foolish Galatians who has bewitched you Galatians chapter 1 or it is um, for freedom that you have been saved Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 or whatever um, passages in Galatians you have memorized as good as it is to memorize scripture the book of Galatians was given to the church in Galatia which is a region was given that the church in Galatia might have a comprehension of Paul's overall logical thought his overall logical argument and it is for freedom that you have been set free uh, the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace as well as who's bewitched you are foolish Galatians all of those verses have context and have meaning within this wider body of a book which Paul is sending to the church in Galatia 
give you another example, the book of Jude, uh, the great benediction at the end, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, present you faultless before his glorious throne with great joy, to the only wise God our Saviour, be all glory, majesty, power, dominion, authority, forever and ever, amen. That wonderful benediction at the end of of Jude um, really exists within the context of the body of the book of Jude. Um, Jude is written that you might contend for the faith. Uh, who are you to contend against? And it lists a series of false teachers in the book of Jude ending in this great and glorious benediction which now makes sense because you understand as you are contending against false teachers, many of which might be far more powerful than you are in terms of um, their rhetoric and their ability to speak well, who's going to keep you through your whole journey? It's going to be God himself because all glory will ultimately go to him. So even as the memorization of scripture is an important part of growing in grace, it's an important part of maturing, so too reading scripture in its context is a magnificent mechanism of actually understanding what God's intended meaning um, uh, of his word is. And so I would encourage you in 2023 uh, not just to access verses from time to time, but to access God's word in its entirety book by book. Now let me also say each book of the Bible exists in a context and I would suggest that one of the great mechanisms for accessing the book of Galatians, accessing the book of Jude, accessing the Psalms is to have some understanding how each one of those books fit into the broader message of scripture itself. Scripture was written over a 1,500 year period. It was written by up to 40 authors. It was written in three languages. It was written on three different continents. Um, it is a big book and yet it is very accessible to us um, in English. Um, what do I mean by that? Well, there are many translations that make the access, the reading of Scripture, um, uh, available to you. Uh, we are very, very blessed to have some excellent translations into the English language. And I, I would say, pick up a translation. Maybe pick up a translation that you're not familiar with if you've read through the Bible before. I certainly do try and read through a different translation once a year. So for example, last year in December, well the year before last in December, um, I was going, I knew I'd be starting a new job at Central Baptist Church um, in Pretoria and I knew that they used a translation I wasn't familiar with, the English Standard Version. And so in December of last year, I read the Bible from cover to cover in the English Standard Version um, so that I'd at least read it once before I started pastoring um, at, um, uh, at Central. Um, from January, January, February, March, the first three months of the year, I read the Bible again in the ESV, this time with a number of people from uh, Central Baptist Church. We kind of read it in, in, in unison, in tandem, and then every day we used a, a Bible app. Every day we could comment on what we had read, what we found interesting. In actual fact, that time I read it with my oldest daughter. My oldest daughter is in grade 12. I wanted to read the Bible through once with her um, before she graduated, knowing that she in all likelihood would um, aspire to move out of house and to get a job, uh, which she has in fact done. I'm very proud of her, um, but that's a story for another day. Um, 
but I read the Bible through with her in the car as we were driving through to Pretoria because it took us three months before we actually found our home uh, in Pretoria. Not, 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 not find our home. We'd already found it. But, you know, banks and all of that kind of stuff, it all had to go through. And so because we had about an hour commute from Benoni, uh, both to and from uh, Pretoria, uh, we read the Bible. So I drove um, some of the time and she read. Uh, other times she drove because at the time she was trying to get her learners, uh, her driver's license. She had her learners, um, and I read to her. But the bottom line is we worked through first the New Testament and then went back and started reading through the Old Testament over that period of time. What I'm saying is I, I do this myself, and I commend it onto you. Read the Bible. It has intrinsic value reading it as a solid unit. All of a sudden, particularly if you've done it a number of times, you begin to see how the pieces of the puzzle fit together. Um, another mechanism which I've used, uh, and obviously the, the standard mechanism would be plan to read through the Bible once in the entire year. That way you pace yourself. It's really easy to do. You open your Bible when you wake up in the morning and you spend about 15 minutes reading. You will get through the Bible in a year. I will check that out uh, a little bit later. Um, but at least four or five times over the last 12 years, I've read through the Bible in a week. So in other words, you wake up early. Um, I normally, uh, in fact, every time that I've done this, I've used an audio Bible. And so I've play on an audio Bible uh, sometimes I've listened to an audio Bible on times two speed because I get a little bit bored um, at the slowness of some of the readers um, and then you spend eight hours uh, sometimes a little bit more uh, in your day just reading the Bible you will get through the whole Bible in a one week period and um, the advantage to that is that you get to see the the 50,000 foot view you know how an eagle uh, a pigeon flies pretty close to the ground and can see a couple of trees and a house maybe um, but an eagle flies at 50,000 feet probably doesn't that's probably an aeroplane um, but my point is an eagle's much higher up and gets to see the entire is expanse um, underneath it of, of hills and mountains and valleys and forests and glades well take an eagle view of scripture read through the whole of scripture in order to understand the smaller parts of scripture whether that be books whether that be chapters or whether that be verses themselves as you go through god's word you will see how each piece of this puzzle fits together and um, let me be like really practical and give you at least one of the mechanisms that i've used in order to do that if you go to bible gateway.com biblegateway.com i will put that in the comments on facebook right now so biblegateway.com is the 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 tool which i use most more often than not in order just to read scripture um biblegateway.com uh, has got on the left hand side as you come into the thick client um at the top read the bible if you click on read the Bible, um, it'll immediately give you options like uh, reading plans, advanced search, available versions, uh, versions, and audio Bibles. If you had to click on reading plans, it will give you a number of different reading plans, like um, really uh, the Old and the New Testament. Uh, each day includes a passage from both the Old and the New Testament. A chronological read, a chronological read would maybe do 
Genesis chapters 1 to 11, so up to the Tower of Babel, and then would cut to the book of Job, because chronologically Job, in all likelihood, comes before the story of Abraham. Um, yeah, and then, or it certainly was written probably before Genesis, uh, before Moses uh, wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Job being a very early account uh, in terms of the way that worship uh, is experienced in the book of Job. So maybe a chronological plan if you've never read through the Bible chronologically. Um, Maybe you start right from the beginning and you read all the way to the end. That's the third option, uh, a historical reading of the Bible, the Bible in 90 days, which is a great way of accessing it quite quickly and, and not difficult to do. If I remember correctly, you're reading about 10 chapters a day uh, if you're reading the Bible in 90 days. Um, uh, I'll, I'll go and check that a little bit later. Uh, or just the Gospels in 40 days. W one of the things that I've done uh, in my lifetime, uh, I did it relatively early after I came to faith, was for um, 30 days, so for one month, I read through the book of John every single day. So just the book of John. John's not a very long uh, book. We're talking, what, 21 chapters or thereabouts. Um, and as you go through the book of John, you read it once and you discover that it's about Jesus. You read it the next day and you read it through. And uh, we're talking about an investment of, what, 21 chapters. That's an hour, maybe, um, or thereabouts. As you get to the end of the book of John on the second day, you go, mm, this book has got a, a number of important signs in it. You read it the third day and you go, mm, this book is about the Son of God. Um, you read it the fourth day, you go, mm, this book is about believe. There's like an exhortation to believe. You read it the next day and uh, you, you, you discover over and over again in the book of John, um, John's intention until maybe you reach the discovery that these things are written, that you might believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that by believing in him, you might have eternal life. That's John's own summary of the book that you can discover at the end of the book of John. But the bottom line is if you access the book daily in that way you will really grow an understanding of the book of John of course there's other books that you might want to discover in that way so regularly reading one book every day until you actually understand it the book of Romans is a great book if you want if you love theology you love the doctrine of salvation then just read the book it's only 16 chapters uh, it's not going to take you forever read the book of read the book of Romans over and over again once a day um, I, I've recently because I'm I'm getting kind of I've hit middle age right so I'm in my mid 40s and um, when you hit your mid 40s your your waist will expand and you'll realize hmm, I need to do a little bit of exercise so I, there's a couple of staff members at Central that exercise a lot they're runners I can't handle running but I can walk so I've started to walk and uh, yesterday I went on a 6k walk it took an hour I think in 10 minutes I'm not the fastest walk on the planet um, but an hour and 10 minutes is enough to cover a considerable portion of God's word. So what you do is you take your phone and you put in a pair of earphones and you listen to the Bible. Um, I said I'd be practical. Um, if you go to BibleGateway.com, uh, that's Bible, B-I-B-L-E, and then Gateway, G-A-T-E-W-A-Y.com. Um, if you go to BibleGateway.com, and I have now put... Um, that link uh, into the comments on the live stream on Facebook and you type in at the top 
Genesis chapter 1. You will get the um, the beginning of Genesis right now. It's giving me in the English Standard Version, although you can read it in tons of different English translations and, and Greek translations and other translations. But uh, I have in front of me, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. There is a little button on the top right hand corner which says listen to Genesis chapter 1. If you click that button, um, it will immediately start to read the book of Genesis to you. You probably can't hear it going on in the background because I've turned my sound on my computer down so that it doesn't interfere with the show this morning um, but you can listen to Genesis when it gets to the end of the chapter uh, of Genesis chapter 1 and behold it was very good and there was evening and there was morning the sixth day the audio will then just automatically skip to Genesis chapter 2 so if you're going for a walk because you are middle aged like Mark or because you are ultra um, sporty like Vussy um, if you are you know doing gym uh, during the week a couple of days or you are hanging up the washing and you would like to read the Bible during the kinds of things that you normally do one of the easiest ways to do it is to just go to BibleGateway.com and search for wherever you are in the word currently and then click on the audio here's a practical recommendation I've already alluded to it but now let me make it explicit if you are planning on reading through the Bible, can I encourage you not just to read um, the Bible uh, as it is, but to have an audio going while you read. It will help you to pace your reading. So a professional person who has read the Bible um, and this is what they do, they are excellent at, at reading, will, will help you to pace your reading um, will help you to stay alert and stay awake while you're actually f reading the physical copy. Not only that, when you get to difficult words, now here's the thing, the Bible was written, what, uh, 2,000 years ago, let's say the New Testament, and 3,500 years ago, let's say the Old Testament. The Bible was written a very long time ago, and some of the names of people and some of the places that they go to are crazy. Like, you, you just, you, you look at this word and you, you don't don't even know where to start if you're listening to audio while you're reading the Bible it makes it easy to access some of the language some of the difficulty um, uh, yeah uh, let, let me give you some more kind of practical advice like what version of the Bible to read now you currently I'm hoping God willing are attending a church you are enjoying the means of grace of a local church and uh, your local church in all likelihood has a standard translation which they use to preach from um, that, that would be fairly common practice amongst most good teaching churches um, and I'm hoping that the that the version which they are preaching from is some is one of these although there are many different versions of the Bible it's not my intention to insult every anyone if I by accident don't call out your particular translation um, it's not that I have anything against you although there are some versions which are better to read than others if I had to be entirely honest um, but as you are 
kind of preparing to read through the Bible, it is wise to read through one translation at a time. Don't read kind of like Genesis 1 to 11 using the ESV, Genesis 12 to 50 using the King James and, and kind of chop and change. No, pick a translation and then stick with it. Um, my favored translations would be um, the New American Standard Bible, particularly if you're a first language English speaker and you are a student of the Bible. It certainly is the most literal of the translations and makes every effort to get as close to the original Greek as possible, particularly on verb tenses and uh, verb uh, verb voices and verb moods. And so uh, my encouragement to a first language English speaker is give the New American Standard Bible a try. Um, and let me also just caveat it by saying that um, it's particularly useful for studying the New American Standard Bible. Maybe not for maybe not for reading, a little bit kludgy uh, for reading, but certainly for studying. If you want to be a student of God's Word, um, try and read through the, the New American Standard Bible or off the New American Standard Bible as a kind of supercharged version uh, would be the Legacy Standard Bible. I particularly enjoy some of the translative decisions that the Legacy Standard Bible have made and would commend that to you. Those might be two new translations that you haven't heard of. Um, it might be that you want to give those a try. Um, the English Standard Version is obviously a very uh, a favored version, particularly in South Africa, particularly amongst, let's say, um, the more Reformed uh, churches, uh, English-speaking churches. So that would be the English Reformed Church, that would be the Presbyterian Church, that would be um, certainly a Reformed Baptist churches and Evangelical Baptist churches. Um, I find the English Standard Version um, accessible, not necessarily as um, as close to a literal translation as the New American Standard Version, but certainly an accessible um, uh, version which tries to capture some of the legacy of the past. So you, 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 you have a feel in the English Standard Version for some of the legacy translations. And when I say legacy translations, I'm really referring to the King James Version. Um, and so, for example... Um, I think I'm right in saying this, but in Matthew chapter 1, um, when the angel appears to Joseph in a dream, you have the word behold. Whereas a new translation would probably translate the word behold as look or see. Um, but as a kind of throwback to history, and to the past, the ESV will translate that word as behold, which, by the way, is actually a fairly good translation of the text because it does mean a little bit more than just look or see. It's an, kind of an imperative. It's, 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 it's commanding you to look. It's, a, it's an arresting word. Um, and so I do, I do kind of like that. Um, but if I turn to the third translation, which I'm going to recommend, which is the Christian Standard Bible, um, in the Christian Standard Bible, uh, on those same passages, um, it's, it, it, it actually drops out the word behold um, in, uh, in verse 20, which is, I'm fairly certain where it was, and again in verse 22. Now all this took place. And so the Christian Standard Bible would be a modern translation and that would be an example of a translation which drops out the word behold. However, if you just want to read the Bible and you want a faithful, trustworthy translation, 
and you want to just be able to read and have an understanding this is not going to be a deep dive study for you you would like a translation which is easy to access and easy to read can I commend the Christian Standard Bible to you the Christian Standard Bible is published by Holman um, the ESV is published by Crossway um, the Christian Standard Bible is a very simple to read but faithful to the original text uh, translation I certainly have had much reading pleasure out of it I've read it a number of times um, and I find that its translative decisions are in line with what my expectation is from the original Greek manuscript um, and I find that an an excellent translation if you are higher grade, you've read the Bible a couple of times already. You've read the Bible in the ESV, you've read the Bible in the CSB or the NIV, and you are looking for something of a challenge for 2023. Well, then, can I commend the King James Version to you? Um, and I would say that this would be my fourth choice. Um, so my first choice in terms of if you're reading the Bible for the first time would be the Christian Standard Bible followed by the English Standard Version, followed by the New American Standard Bible or the Legacy Standard Version. My, my fourth option would be the King James Version. Why not King James Version first? Well, because of two primary reasons. One is it rests on a set of Greek texts which I believe are inferior um, to the Greek texts which are used in those first three translations. Uh, the Greek text that it uses is Texas Receptus and so I would encourage not to use it as your first call. Um, but secondly, uh, it really has some archaic language. Uh, I mean, it, it can be very kludgy to read in most places and, and so it does definitely require you to, to have uh, first Firstly, a really good grasp of the English language, um, and secondly, um, some staying power to get through it the whole way through. Um, however, much value in reading the King James. So, for example, um, English language speaking commenters from anything further than a hundred years ago were using the English, uh, the King James version, uh, in order to put together their commentary, in order to put together uh, what they were saying, and so as you access guys like Spurgeon or guys like Whitfield or guys like um, uh, I'm, I'm thinking back to uh, to older commenters uh, uh, Jonathan Edwards um, and beyond um, they will be commenting out of the King James Version which makes it a wonderful mechanism for understanding the language that those kinds of guys are using and so if you've read through the Bible two or three times this year might have a massive advantage of reading the KJV. Um, Amma says rightfully that the KJV added many scriptures. Now, now that's true, but it's not true just because the English translators decided that they wanted to give a little bit of extra information. Um, what happened was the English translators, Amma, were using a source text uh, called the Textus Receptus. And the Textus Receptus has the additional um, verses that um, that you are referring to in them and so those verses would include a section in for instance John chapter mm. now I'm kind of forgetting where Textus Adulterus is I think it's John chapter 11 um, in John chapter 11 uh, the story of the woman who is um, caught in adultery no it's not John chapter 11 I'll, I'll get that for you now um, but that would be a portion of 
um, about 11 verses uh, that um, the Textus Receptus adds in. The end of the um, book of uh, Mark, for instance, Mark chapter 11, oh, it's John chapter 8, verse 1 to 11. It actually starts at John chapter 7, verse 58, um, the, 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 the inserted portion, and it goes until John chapter 8, verse 11. Um, but that would be an example where the Texas Receptus adds additional information, which actually I can't see in any um, likely uh, event being in the original manuscripts um, because that portion of scripture uh, just isn't contained um, in any of the oldest and best manuscripts um, it's only found in manuscripts that are dated very very late um, and not only that it's found all over scripture sometimes in the book of Luke sometimes at the end of John sometimes at the end of the entire Bible um, and and so I would certainly consider that an insertion um, and then the end the whole end of the book of Mark. Mark's gospel ends at the tomb. Uh, it doesn't end with the ascension of Jesus uh, into heaven. Um, there is an additional portion in the Textus Receptus upon which the King James Bible rests uh, that continues that story and brings it to a logical conclusion, but a conclusion that I don't think Mark intended. And so uh, when it comes to uh, the KJV, I definitely think it's a great fourth read um, uh, third or fourth read um, but I certainly wouldn't encourage it as the first read the first read the Christian Standard Bible excellent translation very accessible um, and a great place to start and then uh, and then again just to encourage you uh, biblegateway.com uh, is a great way to access audio versions in fact most of the Bibles that I've recommended whether it be the New American Standard Bible the Legacy Standard Bible the Christian Standard Bible the ESV and the KJV in all of those um, on Bible Gateway there are multiple audio versions that you can listen to so uh, because reading the bu reading the Bible is an investment of time it's not gonna it, it's it's a real investment of time or listening to an audio version of the Bible is an investment in um, your ear <laughs> your listening and uh, there's some voices that just are going to rub you the wrong way and, and so a huge advantage of having multiple options of voices that you can listen to some are dramatized so if there's a fight scene you'll hear the clang of swords in the background and the shouting of people um, if there's a large crowd um, others uh, lack all that dramatization it's just a person reading uh, kind of in a James Earl Jones voice that wasn't even a good uh, <laughs> that wasn't even a good James Earl Jones uh, attempt um, but um I would commend that you both read and listen at the same time. And let me say, if you don't have the ability to read, listening to the Bible is a, just in our day and age, you have so many options to do that. You can certainly do that um, through BibleGateway.com and other mechanisms. Um, but if your practice is just to listen to the Bible, so maybe late at night you turn on the Bible before you go to sleep and you just listen, can I encourage you in 2023 to give reading while you're listening a chance? Um, your retention of what you are exposing yourself to will certainly be better um, if you both read and listen simultaneously. Read and listen simultaneously. It's the same kind of logic that we apply to our children uh, in terms of prepping for exams and uh, we apply 
apply to ourselves in terms of if we're wanting to get content, we will read and we will listen, uh, and that will help us to both understand and and remember uh, what we have had exposure to.